0: listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing podcast brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate.
1: As our listeners know, lending and financing is such a critical component to not only making money and building wealth in real estate, but also taking down the property and executing your business plan. Today's podcast is going to introduce a new strategic partner of ours who has a great lending product, and it's direct private money lending. We'll unpack that in a few minutes on here, but it's a very flexible loan product for residential, commercial, short-term, long-term. But my guest is Travis Speer
0: with Renovo Financial. Travis, how are you? I'm good, good. Thanks for having me here today, Chris. Always a good opportunity to come chat with you.
1: Yes, I'm glad to have you in the studio and have you be part of our strategic partners program. That's something we announced a few weeks ago in episode 352. And these are people that we know, like, trust, and do business with around town. And the reason I wanted to have you as part of this program, Travis, is because of your character and also the loan procs you have. Before jumping on the details, I said a mouthful at the beginning
0: of direct private money lending. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's a lot to unpack. And, you know, there's a lot of different lenders in the space of brokers and uh, maybe hard or private money and different things like that. So to unpack that a little bit, uh, direct private money is indicating that the decisions are gonna be made by the lender. So we're not sending out as a broker or correspondent. Uh, we have our guidelines and do the best to stay within them, but it also gives us the flexibility if there's an opportunity and a good deal where we might need to go outside those guidelines a little bit, and there's a good reason to do that. So direct private money lender it means that you control the money, and so basically, you get to make those decisions on deals that make sense, as so long as they they fit within what you're doing.
1: And so, what we'll go through is uh, about five different loan products, and and most importantly, scenarios here next couple minutes about some short term bridge loans and also long term financing, which I think makes it really unique to what you know what products you have at Renovo. Before we get into those, you know, I was thinking back as you're we p- preparing for this, Travis. You're one of the first guys I met out here from like a professional uh, standpoint when sure. I moved out here years ago. And it was through, you know, my mentor Charles Roberts, who I think was also one of your mentors Absolutely. and friends. And Charles introduced me to different people around town, saying, Hey, here's a great person for this, here's a great person for this. And you were like third or fourth person I got connected with. And it's just been a great friendship. And back then, when we first met, you were doing mostly just short-term fix and flip uh, hard money loans, right. which is a space that I played in, but we ran in parallel, we became friends, we'd often like pass clients back and forth when it made sense worth the other one. And I've just grown to know you like you respect you. And then late last year, you made a transition from just doing short-term hard money lending to a new opportunity with Renovo, which is direct uh, money, direct private money lending, where we can still do the short-term lending, but also do some long-term financing, which for me, since that's a lot of the business that I do with my clients, oh, my ears perked up. Yeah, sure. And I was very excited <laughs> once I saw it, we talked about it, I was like, oh man, this is a great fit. Sure. So that's why we're talking these details. So let's go through and kind of outline the five scenarios and five main loan products that you have. Because as you and I were prepping for this, uh, it's very easy to drown people in LTC percentages and you know all these caught co- in all these numbers and percents. But actually going
0: through scenarios. And so, how would you describe what you and Renovo do? sure so you know the the good thing about at renovo with our loan uh suite or a product suite is that we've kind of got something for everyone in the investor space so what we can do is we can finance fix and flips new construction and long-term financing on one to 50 units. And it gives us the flexibility for somebody to maybe help them get into the property maybe make the repairs. And then we can actually help them on the other side with the refinance with the DSCR loan. And for those who don't know, the DSCR is a debt service coverage coverage ratio loan. And what that does is only focuses on the property's income rather than the individual's global uh, DTI income or expenses like a more conventional or bank loan might. So what it gives us the ability to do, as you mentioned previously, is every deal starts with financing. So how do you acquire it? How do you repair it? And how do you refinance it? And regardless of the type of deals you're doing, you're doing one of those, right? Acquiring it, rehabbing it, or refinancing it for a long-term hold. And so the different products give us the ability to really help anybody in that space.
1: All right. So let's just run through these here because you you put them to two buckets, uh, bridge debt and long-term debt. Right. And I don't think there's an official like definition of bridge debt, but that's usually, I mean, short term, what? I mean, less than a year or how would you describe it?
0: Yeah. So bridge is usually going to be less than 18 months on ground up. You might go as long as two years. And so the challenge with the term bridge in our space is that you're right. There's no true definition. Uh, We use the term bridge for any, for any loan that we originate That's not a term loan. So basically short term could be new construction, fix and flip rehab for rent or something like that. Um, some might see bridges as, as we're in this weird space now where the market's so hot, where you need to bridge selling your primary before you can buy another primary. That's not what we do. So the bridge would be your uh, shorter term come with a rehab or a value-add component. All
1: right. So debt for a couple months to a couple years, basically, sure. in that time frame. All right. So I know you got three scenarios here to do a lot of work with. Uh, the first is I, we wrote down was fix and flip, which is pretty standard bread and butter, and you've right. done, I mean, what well, you got 10 years experience in that <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell us about some of your experience on there and also just the the overview
0: of the fix and flip product you have. Sure. So fix and flip is uh, what we would kind of call right down the plate. I mean, these are relatively easy loans to to get done so long as the numbers make sense. Um, the great thing about this product is it gives us the ability to finance the purchase and repairs a high percentage of that, uh, you know, capped at a, at a certain LTV, which we'll dig into just a little bit. So this is like your typical buy, fix, and resell type of client. Uh, And as I kind of think of the individual who we might work with in this space, it's somebody who's fixing and flipping. You know, some of these are going to be as a hobby. Maybe it's one, two, or three a year. And some of them are going to be more professional investor where this is where they generate their income annually. uh, And maybe they're doing 30, 40, or 50 deals a year. Um, this product, uh, it's interesting because we're generally going to go to a loan to cost. So it's going to be say 85 and in some cases as high as 90% loan to cost. So somebody's buying a property and getting the rehab money with as little as 10% down into the deal, generally going to be capped at 70 to 75% of the completed value. Now, typically when you're putting some money down into the deal, it's you're... Not going to hit the uh LTARV, the loan to completed value. Um, and so it just makes it to give you a little bit more leverage to get deals done.
1: Great. And if you guys couldn't follow, follow along with all those percentages, don't worry about it. I just know that Travis has a ton of experience on there. You guys have a great product. But I ask you this. I mean, um, there is a lot of hard money lenders out there, a lot of people, you know, lending to fix and flippers. What is different about Renovo
0: and the way you and you know your company approaches it? Yeah, I think that our the thing that sets us apart the most is probably me, the local, uh, local contact. And we have basically all of the same loan programs that the national lenders have, but you have a local presence here with somebody who's been in this business for 15 years uh, and doing my own deals from rental properties, new construction, and flips. So I think you get uh, not only the local experience and knowledge of the market, but also the ability to uh, tailor loan products so that they're best fit for the client. And sometimes from the lender's seat, you get to see things uh, on a broader perspective that other people might be doing, and you can kind of help your clients uh, shape into that or, or in a way that will help them be successful.
1: Great. Um, all right. So ground up construction. And I know you have personal experience in doing ground up construction, and also lending experience. So uh, yeah, talk to us about ground up and what we need to
0: know. Sure. Ground up is uh, it's an interesting space because there's uh, a fair amount of it going on right now. Now, maybe not enough to change our inventory situation in Colorado. But... Hey, go lend some more money, yeah, Travis. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> but enough of it that, you know, if you're driving around, you're seeing new construction going up. And I think this is one of the places where we're probably uh, maybe most competitive is that we can go up to 90% of cost on ground ground up new construction. So that's purchasing the lot and funding the construction with as little as 10% down uh, with rates that really make sense. So uh, that one of our uh, things is that we have the flexibility of hard money with pricing that's a little closer to bank. So uh, for a deal like that, um, I'm seeing, uh, I'm working on a handful of deals now, large new construction, single family homes with a- ARVs or completed values up over 3 million. Um, like a single house? Um, or single or a house, house or, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also uh, some product where uh, build for rent townhomes uh, that the client will build them, lease them up, and then resell them on a cap rate. So it's a good product for ground up on one through 50 units, just as we mentioned previously, uh, with maybe well significantly less equity than the bank would require. Yeah, a little bit higher pricing, but I think that most would see it pencils pretty well.
1: Uh, okay, we're gonna have to talk more in a future podcast about the build to rent, because uh, I I love that space. Sure. I've learned a little bit about it. And if you're doing deals, I want to pick your brain for my benefit and other listeners Absolutely. as well. But also, like you've done ground up uh, development yourself. I know you've done at
0: least one townhome project, right? I mean, you've you've done three in total, um, okay. f- starting from 2013 through delivering the last one in 2020. And the challenge that I personally had on the last deal was that I was trying to get a deal done, uh, new construction with 25% equity with no pre-sale requirement. This was a 12 unit deal. Typically, once you get over five or six units, the banks might start to re- require some pre-sales. What does that mean? Uh, basically, you need to sell the unit or maybe a handful of units uh, with a contract and hard earnest money, not hard earnest money, but earnest money parked at the title company before you can close your loan. As a stipulation to close your loan, you need to go out and pre-sale X number of these units. So even before you get the loan to start the construction. Exactly right. Okay. And so think about how challenging that is when I say, hey, Chris, uh, I'd love to sell you a unit here in this new development, but I can't actually start construction until I get you and three other people to sign up for, the- for this deal. You'd leave significant money on the deal on the pre-sale because uh how do you know what the what costs are gonna be? Yeah, I want you a discount. Deliver? Yeah, you need a discount to take this risk. And so that typically could change whether or not a deal penciled uh, for a developer. We don't have pre-sale requirements in that space, so you can get your loan closed, get, uh, get the construction completed and go sell it. And in today's environment, most people aren't pre-selling because you'd be better off to get it 100% complete, throw it on the market and see what ha- see what happens. When I was uh, building townhomes, we, you'd almost fight for that pre-sale, right? Drywall, you're walking people through there, you're doing everything you can to get these pre-sales so that when your construction is complete, you close out your loan, you make your money and you move on. Um, but in today's environment, I think you, most would just carry them right up to the end and then, and then list them when complete.
1: So that's a very common, the, the pre-sale. I, I know very little about ground up uh, construction. So pr- that pre-sale requirement is fairly common through... Like bank construction loans. Exactly right. Okay. Depending on the
0: size of unit, size of deal and uh borrowers, uh maybe profile for experience. Okay. Yeah.
1: And something that I found fascinating, and you hit on this. You know, you've got like the local experience as a lender and investor, but kind of like the bigger, you know, lending company, Renova behind you. They're I think
0: they're a national company, right? Uh, in most major markets and still growing. Okay,
1: or a, a majority of majority yeah. of places around town. So you've got like that backing with where they can do different loan structures, sure. but get the local expertise, which I love. So great product here for ground up. Um, and we'll be doing as we go through these loan types and you know investment types, we'll be doing future deal analyses and all these Really unpack them. Sure. So I'm looking forward to diving into some ground up with you because I I like learning that space. All right. Now the next is value add. Um, I know there's, you know, value add is a very, very hot term in real estate right sure. now. Um, And there's value-add in single-family residential, there's value-add in multifamily. Most people say value-add and they're talking about, you know, more bigger commercial multifamily deals. But walk us through the value-add loan products that you have and how you've helped some clients around town.
0: Yeah. So the value add piece and and kind of focusing maybe more on the multi-unit five plus type of space uh, is typical, right? Because you're going into typically a larger project, let's say five, 10, 15 units, you're going to do some construction to improve the property, and then you're going to lease it up to then increase the NOI and increase the value. So uh, same kind of as in the single family or new construction spaces that we can finance up to 90% of someone's cost to buy and fix the uh, a multi-unit property. And so whether that's through construction, or I was actually just looking at a deal recently where the the building wasn't in terrible shape. The true value-add was by increasing rent or significantly under-rented. I could provide a bridge loan in that scenario, a little higher interest, but also higher leverage so that they over X number of months, they could go through and replace the tenants at market rent with minimal work and then go for the refinance on something that's now stabilized at a better NOI uh, at the same or better cap rate, showing a significantly better value. One of the biggest challenges investing in multifamily is the amount of money that somebody might have to leave in a deal. And so let's say you went to the bank and you got this type of loan and you put say 20 or 25% down, you made your repairs to the property. Um, Maybe sometimes that's even out of pocket if the cap rate or debt service wouldn't allow the deal to make sense. Um, And then you go for the refinance on the back end, and you've held it for less than 12 months. Getting cash out can sometimes be challenging in that space. So uh, when you're really looking at how capital is finite, right? I mean, we all only have so much of it. So what most of us are doing in growth mode is trying to do everything we can to keep as much on hand so we can continue to wash, rinse, and repeat, maybe pull some cash out and keep going. So uh, if you can go higher leverage on the purchase, get get your... Property stabilized and then go for the refinance based on the new rents, you likely would have significantly less money into the deal.
1: Yeah. And I, I think the value add space, especially on like that the five plus uh, multifamily space, is just, I mean, a great place in Denver can find deals. You know, you mentioned, you know, hey, this place is under rented, like doesn't need major construction on there, but just go in there and turn the units, probably some updates, but man, just raise rents by $500 sure. because you're willing to market rent. And in the commercial space, um, that drives the value there. As you mentioned, NOI, like great, that increases NOI, which increases the purchase price, right. which then allows a person to go back, refinance in the long-term debt and then pull the money
0: back out. Yeah, when you're five plus units, one thing that to understand and actually the last project I had built, I had leased it and sold it Uh, at a cap rate, uh, around 5%. So the thing that I had to continue to remember was for every dollar of income that I increased it, uh, I increased the value by $20 at a five cap, right? So, and in some cases, if your cap rate's even lower than that, for every dollar you spend, uh, either increase revenue or decrease expenses, you're increasing the value of the property by 20 or more dollars. When you really start to think about that, uh, it's wild to think how you can move NOI and move value significantly.
1: Oh, yeah, it's crazy when you start... Digging into those numbers. Now, I want to uh, talk about just up to date market stuff right now because I mean, value add multifamily. What we talked about is basically very similar to how people burr single families, sure. and you know, I think burr is usually used with residential, value adds often used with multifamilies. And you've been in the space for a long time. Um, what do you see out there for doing burrs in the single family space right now?
0: So uh, challenging, but still possible, I guess is the best way to say it. You know, there was a time where we would approach this with the idea of uh, little or no money down, right? To get these deals done, buy, fix, and, and uh, re- rehab, refinance. Well, now I think your expectation is you'll have some money into it, but it shouldn't be the the 20 or 25% down plus repairs out of pocket and leaving a bunch of money in the deal. So along these lines, uh, we can help somebody to buy it using our bridge or rehab loan, make the repairs, uh, lease it up, and then go for the refinance into uh, a DSCR loan and be able to hold it for 30 years fixed, uh, you know, and have, know what their payment's going to be and have some certainty.
1: Great. Um, all right. So... As we kind of move out like the short-term slash bridge bucket, we're going to move into the long-term term loans. Anything you want to end with the short-term before we kind of
0: switch gears here to long-term debt? Um, I think we've covered it all. I, I think just really the biggest takeaway there is to know what leverage you can get to and and kind of at what pricing and make sure that makes sense for your business model. Um, And then how many of those can, can you do if you had some certainty in a capital partner who can help you get there?
1: Great. All right, so now shift gears to long-term debt. And as soon as you get a, a term loan, you can do residential and multifamily. Run us through those please, Travis. Yeah, so
0: same kind of idea of the one to 50 units is kind of our space. Um, One through four unit refinances uh, with pretty low debt service coverage ratios, uh, sometimes as low as one. And so in that space, it can be challenging in our market to get rents that make sense to cover those ratios, especially at a bank or something where it might be 1.25 or something like that. So good opportunities there to get refinances done. Uh, when you get to five plus- well, let, me, let me pause you there sure. because
1: I, a lot of, the, you and I are very familiar with DSCR and sure. there, a lot of people are not. So yeah, debt service coverage ratio basically says for every dollar of debt service you have, we want to see a dollar, a dollar 10, a dollar 20, in net operating income. Right. There's buffer there so the bank can make sure that you can make your payments. Exactly. That's essentially what it is. And so you said, and this is a great product for a lot of times investors, self-employed people, if they're Mac'd on conventional loans or, you know, W-2, you know, they have a W-2 or debt to income re- issues, DSC loans are a great product for that. Right. And those are types of people they fit. But you said one thing I want to make sure you clear, uh, to clarify, you said you guys can go to like a, one, a 1.0 a DSCR. Correct. Okay, that that uh, is very surprising to me because that's a, a very low ratio in yeah. terms of lending. So talk
0: about that for yeah, a minute. Yeah, so because- unpack that just a little bit. So uh, that would be basically if the unit rented for $2,500 a month, that was your gross le- lease, then you could get a loan that would go up to a payment, P I T I of $2500. And so 1 to 1, generally yeah, probably low maybe for the industry uh but makes it aggressive, but you know our goal here is to work with experienced operators who have the ability to handle these deals and in the right market that's where you may need to be today on the purchase, but as uh if you fix that for 30 years, 2 or 3 years from now as rents are continuing to go up 10, uh, you know, 15% in some places you should be able to continue to outrun that and perform better than uh, than that one over time, but it gives you the ability to get into the deal.
1: Great, all right, thanks for uh, going that detour with me.
0: Now you're talking about doing like multi's five plus. Yeah, so five plus, say <laughs> so five to 30 or five to 50 is definitely in the wheelhouse. Um, And it gives you the ability in the same way to be flexible around what might be required to get a deal closed. And so this might be a scenario where you're finding a project like we just mentioned that it's under rented and you have the opportunity to increase the value in that property. What we can also do, uh, we can do it on the one through four, but more popular in the five plus is a five, seven or 10 year adjustable rate or you can go 30-year fixed. The good thing about the adjustable rate uh, pieces is that once that rate adjusts, it th- does then roll into a fully amortized loan. So if you picked five years, you'd roll into 25 years. If you picked a seven-year AM, you'd roll to a 23, 23 mm. from there. So you still have the certainty of 30-year financing. So you don't get to the end of seven years and you're looking around like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Maybe property values drop. So it's not a big balloon payment. Rates. Exactly right. So uh, your rate will adjust. I mean, that's the, the function of an adjustable rate loan, but at least you'll have the certainty that you'll still have the ability to move forward, right. uh, where there could be a lot of risk in uh, in going to that seven years. Uh, if there wasn't the ability to roll into the amortizing loan after that, what if property uh, values dropped and you're in an interest-only loan? That could get weird, right? So um, you need to really plan for the future, but there, for maybe best used for sophisticated investors who are going into a true value-add scenario where they know they can really pump the rents up, get to where they need to be on NOI, and then maybe they're going to uh, refinance in a couple of years or something like that. Uh,
1: so I want to spend a few minutes just kind of talk about this long-term debt here and, and really pick apart a couple of the things you said, because this is one of the things as, you know, you you made a career change to Renovo. This component of the long-term debt is what really made me excited because I you know I've wanted to have a, a tool in the toolbox so to sure. speak or a team on the team or you know a team a team member on the team board help out with this. And this is not many people, not many lenders have this type of like long-term private money loan product. I right. mean hard money lenders don't. Um, and if you get conventional lending you know like the Joe Masseys, they're great, but a lot of properties, a lot of people don't qualify for that right. um, And then I think there's a huge gap in the marketplace for these people that need long-term debt through uh, private money lending. So you mentioned that on here, you have 30-year terms. Correct. Break that down for me from like a residential standpoint. So I go out there and buy a a duplex or fourplex, have you guys finance it. I can have a 30-year amortization on it. Correct. So 30-year fixed. uh, And it's from
0: an amortization standpoint. You say
1: 30-year fixed. Yep. A 30-year fixed interest rate, not just a 30-year term.
0: That's correct. Wow. So if you start interest only uh, or with the ARM, you would see some adjustments throughout, or you could pay a tad bit more in rate and lock 30 years uh, from day one. Exactly right. So this is the same type of loan that you're getting from Joe or in the conventional space of a 30-year fixed, Uh, there are some small caveats. I mean, you know, the rates are going to be a tad higher in this space, but there's a lot less paperwork required. Um, And the other piece is that any loan that's a a DSCR type of loan, it's going to include some amount of prepayment. It might be a three-year, it might be a five-year, and that's basically allowing the lender or really the end note buyer to maintain a yield on the deal um, that the loan will stay out for X amount of time. So that's something we want to cover in the process is how long do you intend to keep this property? Because the last thing I want to do is put you into a note and two years later, you decide you're going to sell it and you're going to pay this um, this prepayment penalty and you're cursing me for it, right? Let's talk about all the options. What might be true? Or is this truly a long-term play for you? And maybe in some cases, maybe you know that you're going to sell it within those years and you're going to take the prepayment, but it's your ability to get it financed today. And so, you know, as property values may continue to do what they've done and interest rates may continue to run as we've seen, there might be some opportunities to kind of of grab these lower interest rates and maybe bite the bullet down the road. And who knows, things could change. Maybe three years from now, you decide actually you're just going to keep the property, and, and um, there's no penalty to pay at that point.
1: So something I want to talk about on um, the uh, commercial multi unit side. This was an interesting case to share with me. This was an 11 unit, I think, in Inglewood, correct? Um, where the you know Renovo's direct private money lending model worked really well because you would said. Banks looked at historical rents but couldn't underwrite the
0: property kind of fill us in where you came in to help get the deal to the finish line. Yeah. And so this was a uh, kind of a great case study for us in this market, but also it was a referral from a bank. So uh, one of my bankers called me and and said, Hey, you've got this deal. It's really interesting. I think it'd be a good fit for you. I think you should have the conversation. So uh, we jump on a quick call. And basically, as you kind of alluded to there, what happened was they're buying this property and, you know, it's a relatively low cap rate in this market. uh, And also um, the rents were low. And so a bank or, and some lenders are going to look at the rents in place rather than what the opportunity is. And so while we too are going to look at market rents, we can help to understand the upside and be a little bit more flexible. So what we were able to do in this case is that the bank, the max leverage they could get to was 65% because they were trying to hit maybe a 1.2 or 1.25 uh, DSCR. And that didn't work for the deal. So it had to lower the leverage down to like 65% in order to make those numbers work. The way we were able to get it done for them is we actually put them into a five-year uh, interest-only arm, and this gave them the ability to acquire the property. Now they'll go through and increase those rents and get them up to where they need them to be, increasing their NOI. And then, you know, they could go refinance out of our loan should they choose um, if the if the market says that rates are better at that time and potentially pay a small prepayment penalty. But I think that what we've seen since then is the way that rates are running, they're probably pretty happy to be in that loan. Um, but it you gives- You a five-year arm interest-only? Correct, Five- Five yeah. years of IO, yep. Five wow. year IO, yep. And then, um, so interest only, and that helps you to really juice the cash flow. Yeah. And so, where this would really help somebody is, let's say you do, you ran the whole gamut. You did the bridge loan to buy it, add the value. You go to the DSCR refinance, uh, covering the DSCR, and maybe put it into a five year IO. You juice as much cash flow out of as possible during that time because you're only making interest only payments and then you go for the resale at the five to seven years always kind of that time frame we, we frequently hear and so now you've taken as much cash flow out of as possible and you've got the upside from uh the the value add and the upside maybe from the market appreciation and cap rate compression if possible at that time um so it kind of gives you the ability to do the whole thing
1: oh uh, phenomenal and we're actually going to do a, a deep dive right. on that through a deal analysis which I, it should drop after this episode in a few days or next week from recording this. But because that was, as you ran me through all this stuff, that was a very interesting property. For so sure. I wanted to peel back the onion. All right, I got a couple of questions here I wrote down, then we'll wrap things up, Travis. Um for your loan products, do you loan to owner occupied properties?
0: Yeah, we only lend on investment property and and that's really based on the intent. So, you know, if somebody calls and says something about a home, <laughs> you know that that's probably not going to be a good fit and we only lend to entities. So, it has to be in the name of an entity and we don't do anything owner occupied investment loans only.
1: Okay. And I know you've got you mentioned refis and long-term products. Do you have cash out
0: refinance products as well? Yeah, in fact, that's pretty popular in this space is that somebody's own property for a while um, and for whatever reason, they wanna go grab cash out and they don't maybe uh, qualify conventional anymore, they're gonna hit DTI or something like that, we can certainly do cash out. And for some clients, we can actually do cash out uh, within 90 days up to like 120% of cost. So uh, the title seasoning is pretty short, to get cash out uh, for that burr, so maybe that's something we should have touched on then. But um, it gives you the ability to go a little faster uh, as far as getting the money and, and to keep going.
1: Great, Travis. This has been phenomenal. I appreciate you walking me and everyone through all these loan products. And I know it was a lot to you know go over. And you know we're doing deal analyses and all types of these you know loan products, and then also your perspective on how the you know the financing helped get the deal done. But as for doing those, you're going to be a lot of our, on a lot of podcasts here this year with us, residential market updates, some commercial market updates. Since you have your foot in both worlds, sure. you've invested in both worlds, you have a great perspective on there. So if someone wants to reach out to you, start... Established relationship, seeing if it's the right fit for working together. How can people get a hold of you and what's the process?
0: Yeah. And, I, and I'd love to, the opportunity to, to chat with people and have a quick conversation and see if it makes sense to dive a little deeper. So I think we'll have the calendar link in the show notes, but also yep. feel free to, to reach out to me directly. And I'll just give my email it's travis, T R A V I S, at Renovo financial.com. I'm sure we'll have that in the notes too. Um, but would love the opportunity to just have a conversation. Let's let's book 15 minutes, talk through it, see if we're a good fit. And if it feels like at the end of that conversation, we're both excited to continue, let's sit down for 45 minutes or an hour, roll our sleeves up and decide like how can this capital partner help you with your business? Let's look at your business plan. Let's look at what you hope to accomplish in the next one, three, and five years so that we can start to shape how to get there. I think it's so important. Not only does every deal start with, with financing, but really a uh, portfolio is all based around financing as i've listened to different analysis and things that you guys have done like do you pull cash out do you get a line of credit do you yeah. do 1031 exchange all these things are important and i've done all of these things and i'd love to help guide somebody through that process
1: yeah and that's something like i'll definitely plug like you're you're big on providing value and education to people like i see on bigger pockets forums, answering sure. people's questions you know your castle has a huge internal facebook page with their agents You're in there and you're often helping agents, you know, with questions and giving answers. And so, like, you are a wealth of information and you care and you provide good value. So I want the listeners to know that. I appreciate that. Travis, this has been a great podcast. Looking forward to doing more podcasts and more deals with you, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the opportunity. All right, everyone. Have any questions? Reach out to me. Reach out to Travis. All the notes in the show notes. And we'll see you in the next deal analysis.